A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. You know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take away my two sons to be his slaves. We're, just, we're going to get through this whole text, but let's just bring that to today's terms. The widow says, my, my husband's dead. He, you, Lord, you know that he loves you, but he's dead. And he died, and we have debt. Debt that I cannot pay. And I'm going to have to sell my children to pay my debt. That's what's going on in this passage. I, I said a while ago, what, what, is the, what is the creditor after? <laughs> He's after your kids. And we've got a generation that says, I, you know, I don't know what to do. I'm just, I'm just, I, I just got to let my kids go. I can't, I'm just selling my kids out because I can't fight it anymore. Wait, back up to, don't, to, to Miriam, Jochebed. Miriam's mom. I had to get my people straight. Took Moses. When babies were being killed, just for being born. Well, again, are you seeing a theme? What's the enemy after? A generation. If we can wipe out a generation. Herod killed a generation. But God preserved his own. On and on, we could go through Scripture. A generation's been wiped out, and Jochebed said, I'm going to put my baby in the river, and I'm going to watch over him. I can't protect him where I'm at, but I'm putting him in the river. And we need some parents that will say this morning, I'm going to put my kids in God's river. I'm going to watch over them. <laughs> Miriam hid in the bushes, in the bulrushes, and watched over little baby Moses. God done what God does. He took him to a palace. God made provision for Jochebed to speak into his life as a child, to nurse him and to grow him and to raise him, and to speak into his life as a child. But he had another influence. He had the enemy's influence constantly. And there came a place in his life as a young man, he had to make a choice. And I tell you, we all come to a place we have to make a choice. The devil promised him, I'll give you everything, palaces, kingdoms. Just leave the generation alone. They're mine. Sell the generation to me and you will be Pharaoh. Tutmosis, that was his name. He was in line for the throne. Sell me that generation of Israelites, of God's people, and I will make you rich beyond 
and it wasn't a joke. How many knows the devil can follow through? He is the prince and the power of this air. He can do things. He can move your career. He can advance you. If that's what it takes for you to sell out your kids, he'll make that bargain with you. Abraham and Lot stood at the desert. Abraham being a wise old man, and a peacemaker, looks at Lot and says, we can't live this way anymore. We can't fight. Your people and my people can't fight like this all the time anymore. So Lot, you pick, you choose. You go any way you want to go, and I'll just go the other way. You want to go north, I'll go south. You go east, I'll go west. You just pick the direction. And the Bible looked, the Bible says that Lot looked and saw a green pasture. He said, that's a great place to raise herds and flocks and sheep. What he was saying is, that's a great business decision. But it wasn't a very good place to raise kids. Sodom and Gomorrah. He sold out. He probably had very healthy herds. He became wealthy. He became a city father. He, be, he sat in the gates. <laughs> it was a good financial move. We go back to Moses. I'm bouncing around. Moses came to a place in his life where he said, I would rather suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. But I'm not going to lie to you, young people. Sometimes sin is pleasurable. Sometimes you can do the wrong thing and it can be fun for a while till the middle of the night when you're laying in bed because you know better. There's people that have prayed over you and the Holy Ghost is working on you. But he said, I'd rather suffer afflictions with the people of God and sleep good at night. enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season I heard a phrase recently somebody said their parent told him I said I wish I'd known that I'd have used that in my kids time he said, said his daddy said told him said don't let five seconds of courage mess up the rest of your life how <laughs> many knows that Sometimes don't let, don't let five seconds of temptation mess up the rest of your life. And it, I mean, our prisons are filled with people that gave in to a momentary temptation. And now they're going to pay for it. Because the creditor does come knocking. He'll give you the pleasure, <laughs> but he comes knocking. It's time to pay up. And the cost of sin 
is more than you want to pay. The widow of Zarephath, or the widow in our story in 2 Kings. We go back to 2 Kings 4, verse 2. We're doing all right. We're doing good. It won't take me 10 minutes. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? She said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. I just got a little oil. Lord, how can we fix this thing? All we have is some oil in the house. Now, I want us to just pause there for a minute because I want to look at a couple of things. First of all, God will start with what you have. Not what your neighbor has. Not what somebody else has. Had it been as it was a few chapters later, just a little bit of meal in the bottom of a barrel. We use the meal in the bottom of the barrel. You got a little oil, we'll use the oil. Maybe it was like when Jesus uh, was trying to feed 5,000 people. and said, what do we have? Well, we just got a few fish, a couple loaves. God will always start, but you've got to be willing to give what you have <laughs> to the Lord. When, 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 when Moses was arguing with God and said, I... A lot of people think Moses had a speech impediment, a speaker. And to be a good politician, I guess you need to be a good public speaker. Many of them, that's all they are, is public speakers and do no more than that. So Moses said, I can't be the leader of Israel. I can't even speak good. I can't talk good. And God said to Moses, what do you have? What do you have? I, God already, we are so busy telling God what we don't have till we forget what we do have. Lord, if I had a better job, I could do better. If I had a better husband a better wife if I had a husband if I had a wife well yeah their kids are good <laughs> if I had kids like that <laughs> listen to me God's not going to start you with what somebody else has and never be envious of what somebody else has until you understand what they've done to get what they've got. Moses said, I don't have anything but a stick. I mean, it's been down to nothing but a stick. <laughs> I don't have anything but this staff, Lord. Follow the life of Moses. That's what he used. When it came to their impassable Red Sea, what did he say? He said, take out that staff. That's what you said you have. Let's start with that. Hold it out over the sea. And the sea parted. 
when they were about to thirst to death in the desert take that staff hit the rock see God will use what you have if you're willing to give it to the Lord go on to the next verse I'm really trying to go through this and he said go borrow vessels from everywhere from all your neighbors empty vessels do not gather just a few and when you have come in you shall shut the door behind you and your sons and pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones so she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son bring me another vessel and he said to her there's not another vessel so the oil ceased there's something about emptiness that gets God's attention the Bible says that God, God says I will not be I will not turn away from a broken and a contrite spirit there's something about being empty desperate whatever you want to call it there's something about being hungry that gets God's attention and I, I've said it the last two weeks so I'm not gonna mess up my record I'm gonna say it again the problem with America is the church isn't hungry enough because we're getting full of the things of this world how many's ever told your kids don't eat that it'll spoil your dinner You know, sometimes I have to get a free dinner snicker bar. <laughs> but it it messes up. And, and and so when we come in, so when she when God told Elisha told this woman to get vessels, he was specific. He said, get empty vessels. And they don't just get a few. Why? Because the blessing of God is in direct proportion to the emptiness you give him if you bring in vessels that are half filled with here, here's what we do I got a cup I have some water we come in, but see our cup, we come in, well, Lord, here I am, fill me up. But wait a minute, now, the, I'm not going to give up this part of my life. Okay, fill me, fill me up, Lord, fill me up, Lord. Oh, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that. And we keep on until there's about just a little bit left. Okay, God, now fill up my vessel with God but it's so full of all the other stuff in your life until there's no room for God that's why I said this morning I came in here and I emptied my agenda my thoughts my sermon my plans and I said God I want to be an empty vessel But here's the deal. We come to God with this, even empty. And God comes to us with a fire hose. 
That's what you brought me. God, there, the only limit on the blessing of God is the availability of the emptiness we give him. He said, I will redirect the course of rivers to bring water to you. Water is not the problem. Emptiness is the problem. Supply is not the problem. Emptiness is the problem. So, Father, I want to be empty before you. Then, as God begins to fill, here's where faith comes in. So, that was faith. That was faith. Here's my vessels, Lord. I'm empty. Fill me up. But the real faith comes in when he says, now begin to pour it out. Take that little bit of oil that you've got, that you're guarding. <laughs> Take that little vial of oil that you've got and dump it in that big barrel. Lord, this is all I've got. Dump it out. And as you begin to pour, God begin to multiply. And I tell you, the multiplication will only take place as we begin to distribute. You want more of God? Pour out what, use what God's given you. Begin to pray for people. Begin to be a blessing. Begin to be an encourager. Begin to use the things that God has given you. And as you pour out, God will pour in. When, when the little boy gave Jesus his sandwich and Jesus told his disciples, pass these sandwiches out, he didn't give them a truckload of sandwiches. He gave them a basket that the little boy gave him and said, go feed those people. I see Thomas now. Um, Jesus, <laughs> proud, basket. <laughs> That's all right, Thomas. Go on the front row and just start passing out food. <laughs> now, can you imagine? Thomas probably broke off a little pension sandwich. Here. Just shut up. That's all we got. <laughs> don't, don't, don't get him upset. I've seen him call fire down from heaven before. Let's just do what he said. And um, just, just act like that's a lot. And, 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 but he noticed as he got to the end of that first row, he still had that sandwich there. Look down the next row, and he got a little more generous. And more generous. And before long, he just passed it. He just, like the concession guy at the ball game. Sandwich for you, sandwich for you. Fish behind the back. <laughs> but but he, he only got excessive as he began to use what he had and his faith began to build. And he realized, hey, I really can't outgive God. This thing really, Jesus said to do it, and he's absolutely making a way to do it. So when you begin to pour out the blessing that God has for you. So I, I, I'm going to, my, my, my message this morning 
pretty simple. When we come to God, let's come with empty vessels. Let's not be so filled. This is how most people do church through God. Well, Lord, I, yeah, I'll go to church when I have time, but you know, I've got, you know, you know, we 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 fish on Sunday a lot. Well, you know, Sunday's kind of Sunday's my day off. I'm just going to rest on Sunday. Lord, I'll go to church sometime. We want an all-the-time God with a sometime faith. And can I tell you, when you serve God, this has been a day I've been speaking truth. <laughs> when you serve God, you got to go when you don't feel like going. You got to do when you don't feel like doing. Look around the people around this room that love God and love the church. And I tell you that some of them don't want to come sometime. They come anyway. Y'all don't all have to amen so loud about that. Sometimes, you know what? Sometimes we just say, no, I can't do that. No, I'm sorry. That's on Sunday. I have church on Sunday. What? You tell people that? <laughs> I, I do tell people that because I'm a pastor. But can I tell you, I told people that before I was a pastor. No, I, I can't, you know, that sounds fun, but I have church on Sunday. And when I had church on Sunday, I had church on Sunday. <laughs> when I was Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon dinner half the time, and then back to Sunday... Uh, afternoon singing and then back in the Sunday night revival service somebody's been to church like that before so when I say I've got church on Sunday I'm saying my day is booked <laughs> and we didn't go to mom and say mama do you mind if I skip church today and go off with my buddies yeah that conversation never it would have been a wasted conversation I don't remember ever asking that because I can't even remember thinking that was even a... <laughs> I remember one time, and I'm closing, I'm, I'm, I'm done. But I, I remember one time when I was a kid, <laughs> the $6 million man was battling Sasquatch on Sunday night. And we didn't have a DVR. I mean, if you missed it, you missed it. And I remember saying, Mom, can I just stay home tonight and just watch the $6 million man battle Sasquatch? I mean, the world kind of depends on this. <laughs> no. I'm going to church. You can watch God battle the devil. And I remember my dad. Honey, let's let him stay home tonight. And uh, they, my oldest sister, Christy, they let her stay home with me because I was a little guy. And, and I got to stay home and watch the $6 million man battle Sasquatch. 
21. So if you haven't seen him lately, that's why. Point is, that was such a rare fact. That's that sticks out so much in my memory because that's probably the only time that I was able to miss church to do something like that. And I felt guilty. <laughs> I enjoyed the pleasure of sin. <laughs> but I felt guilty. What I'm telling you, church, what I'm telling you is let's put our priorities right. All right, God bless you. I asked Brother Randall if he would close Deacon Randall, if he'd close our service out in prayer this morning. Um, Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, Lord, the freedom that we have to come here, Lord, and, and just call out your name and to just the, the fact that, Lord, you remind us, Lord, it's in my heart that you reminded me today who I am. You remind us, church, who we are in you, in Jesus' name, Lord, that we are warriors, we are victorious. And, Father, we go out, Father, and just walk that walk of victory this week, starting to, you know, as soon as we leave this, this parking lot, Lord, and back into our daily lives, Lord, remind us who we are this week. In Jesus' name, amen.